Welcome to the Christ Life Ministries podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Olubi Johnson. For more information about this podcast and our other resources, please visit spcconline.org. God bless you. I have sinned. Return my son David, for I will do for I will no more do thee harm, because my soul was precious in thine eyes this day. Behold, I have played the fool and have erred exceedingly. Then David answered and said, Behold the king's spear. Let one of the young men come over and fetch it. Look, I, I, I don't want to read too much. There's another part here where, where David says, Okay, let me read that part. That the Lord render to every man his righteousness and his faithfulness. For the Lord delivered thee into my hand this day, to today. But I would not stretch forth my hand against the Lord's anointed. Behold, as thy life was much said by this day in my eyes, so let my life be much said by in the eyes of the Lord, and let him deliver me out of all tribulation. And Saul said to David, Blessed be thou my son David, thou shalt do great things and still prevail. So David went on his way, and Saul returned to his place. Now, I want to ask you a question. I mentioned it earlier on. How come Saul had not changed? This is not the first time, second time. The first worst time was in the cave. This second time, they were fall asleep. David spared his life twice. The first time, the same thing he said the second, second time, I said the first time. He cried. He's, you know, he repented. And you know what? As I was preparing for this, the Lord said to me, he said, go and tell the people. He was genuine. He wasn't lying. When he said, I've played the fool. What I did was wrong. That, that repentance was sincere. Let me tell you what God told me. At that time. At that time. But once, once he left, and went back to the palace. And David went back to the wilderness. The spiritual forces. Listen to me. The spiritual forces. That caused the problem. Came back into operation. And Saul didn't have anything inside him. To be able to repent. We're going to see a lot of that in this end time. They will say all the right things. The Bible says that. When a guy speaks, he said, when he speaks fair, he said, believe him not. He said, because there are seven abominations inside his heart. Yeah, he will, he will say all the right thing. He will cry. He will repent. He will, you know, but don't trust him. More. If he does not have, watch this, a lifestyle and a habit of putting the word of God in his heart and in his mouth, the spiritual force is going to take over again and he's going to do the same thing again, even in a worse manner. Are you listening to me? That's what happened. I said, ah, Lord. He said, he said, the very thing that caused Paul's problem at the beginning is the same problem, is the same thing that is causing him to be apologetic to David and yet go back and do the same thing again. Go back and do the same. What was it for Saul to tell all his men, disarm, nobody should chase David again, call David back into the palace, Call Samuel, anoint David, you know, I'm stepping down as king. Hello? Because that's what God said. But Saul's pride 
and his stubbornness and his rebellion that is in his heart will not allow him to do it. Then you have to ask the rhetorical question. What caused the pride? What caused the stubbornness? What caused the rebellion? Because he was not putting God's word in his, he said, the word is nigh thee, in thy mouth and in thy heart, that thou mayest do it. He wasn't doing what Joseph did. He wasn't doing what David did in the wilderness. He was too busy being king. He didn't have time for God's word. He didn't have time for prayer. So the spiritual forces that caused him to be rebellious, that caused him to be proud, that caused him to be stubborn, you know, came back into operation. So once the thing is in the air, once it came back into operation, he began to behave like he behaved before. That is the reason. And we're going to see it again. If people don't make it a habit, like we looked last time, we're going to look at it again today before we close, you know, to make, put the word of God in your mouth and in your heart daily. I didn't write the scripture. Jesus said we should take up our cross daily. He didn't say weekly. A week is too long. Satan would have messed you up from the air. Your, your, your mind and your will and your emotions and your body. The Bible says the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh, you know, in the, uh, the desires of the heart and the mind, spirit that now worketh the children of disobedience, is still a pro operation. If you don't do anything against it, it will take uh, 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 um, uh, possession. I'm not talking about demon possession now. It will, it, will, it, will, it will begin to operate in your mind, your will, and your emotions and make you behave the way you shouldn't behave. So if you, no matter what a person says with their mouth, at a point of time of, petin, uh, of, of repentance and penitence, if they don't follow it up with prayer and action, don't trust them. Those same spiritual forces will come into operation. And that's what happened. That's why Saul, you know, in spite of his repentance, in quotes, he was not able to follow through. Look, look at what happened. So, Saul continues in his ways. He doesn't go back to the word. He doesn't repent. Repentance was not just to say, David, I'm sorry. That was a starting point. But repentance means to go back to God's word, to the, the instruction God gave that he had stopped uh, uh, practicing. In first in Deuteronomy 17, we'll go there very briefly, and then we'll look at the death of Saul and we'll close. Deuteronomy 17, we looked at this last time, is a recurring decimal in these teachings. Deuteronomy 17, and we look at verses... We looked at verse 14 to 20. We're not going to read everything. You know, they wanted to have, you know, a king. Uh, God said, you know, when you have a king, this is what the king should do. He said he should write him. We looked at it, verse 18 and 19 and 20. And that's, what, that's why I'm going to uh, uh, zero in on. Particularly in verse 18, God says he should have a personal copy of this word of God. Then verse 19 and 20 tells what he should do with it. He said, it shall be with him. I didn't hear you. And he shall read therein some of the days of his life. That he may learn to fear the Lord his God. You know something happened to me early this morning when I got up and I was praying. You know, 
in, and the Holy Spirit said, go and look up that word learn. I actually mentioned it in my last teaching. So I went to look up the Hebrew. I'll tell you what it is. That he may learn. I'll tell you what it is in a minute. Yeah. It's a word called lamad. It means to learn, to teach, to exercise in. I would say to learn, to teach, to exercise in. You see, the fear of the Lord is not automatic. You have to teach it and, and exercise in it. That he may exercise by spiritual forces, by saying it with his mouth, then practicing it, exercising it. So that was the problem. And God told not only Saul, all the kings of Israel, that he may learn to fear the Lord his God, to keep all the words of this law and the statutes to do them, that his heart be not lifted up above his brethren. This was what Saul was not doing that led to the problem in the first place. So after he now uh, repented, in quotes, and, and said, told David, oh, I'm sorry, I've played the fool, I've heard, ex ex he didn't go back to this. Once you don't go back to this, you're going to do the same thing again. I was talking to somebody yesterday, you know, I can't remember, it was Pastor Andrew and I, I think, you know, we're saying history repeats itself. And Pastor Andrew said, well, it is men who actually, you know, repeat the things of history because they don't learn from history. It's a fact. You know why? The same spiritual forces, watch this. I'll use a contemporary example. The same spiritual forces that are in operation in the air haven't changed. It's the same devil. He hasn't changed. The human actors change from different times in history. If men will obey God's word, they will be able to thwart those spiritual forces and do the will of God. When they don't, those spiritual forces will make them behave the same way the men behaved in past times of history. That's why we say history repeats itself. That's why we say history repeats itself. And I was thinking about this. You know, I'm a World War uh, historian. Well, just out of a habit, not, 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 not a scholar, you know. Do you know? It's amazing, Pastor Boyga, what I'm about to say. Do you know Napoleon's armies died in Russia because of the winter? This was in the 1800s. Adolf Hitler does exactly the same thing in 1941, 42, 43, 44. And they all could see from the history record, Russia is big. You don't go into Russia and think you're going to, because once the winter comes, your guys will not be able to operate. That what happened to Napoleon's armies in the 1800s, it was happened again to the German armies in 1940, you know, in the 1940s. History repeating itself. The same thing is happening today. Men are just doing the same thing because of the same spiritual forces. The only way you can, op you can overcome the spiritual forces is by putting into, into operation the spiritual forces of the power of the Holy Spirit through God's word. If you don't, you're going to do the same thing they did. Learn it! Are you listening to me? There is, the same thing is happening. Look at Putin. 
He's behaving exactly the same way Adolf Hitler behaved. It's the same spirit. <laughs> exactly. The sons of the people killed the prophet. And you know, and, and, and they said, we will not be like our fathers. Jesus said, fill up the measure of your fathers. He said, you, your, your fathers killed them and you build their sepulchers. Same spirit. Now, I know we're tired, but give me a clap. Give me, give me a wave offering. Amen. You cannot, this is more important than your lunch. Hello, somebody. This will save your life. Are you listening to me? It will literally save your life. So, this is the reason why Saul, twice, had saw David preserved him. He said with his own mouth that David was going to be king, that David was going to be great, yet he couldn't act upon it because the spiritual force that were controlling him, he did not, do, he did not use the word of God to be able to overcome them. Sadly, but truly, the same thing will happen today. If you don't put the spiritual forces of God into operation, you will do what many of these characters that we're going to be reading about and, and studying about will do. Oh, I can never do what Absalom did. Are you sure? Oh, I can never do what Adonijah did. Are you sure? Oh, I will not do this. Oh, I cannot do what David did. I cannot go and, you know, sleep with another man's wife and kill the man. Or are you sure? Those spiritual forces are still in operation. If you do what David did at that time, the same thing will happen. Am I talking to anybody here? If I'm talking to you, give me a wave offering. Then follow it up with a clap offering to the Lord. I'm just waking you up. I, I, I cannot overemphasize this truth about spiritual forces. So I think that's why we say, that's why the Bible says the things which are written were written for our admonition. That we should not lust after evil things. He said they all came out of Egypt. He said, you know, they were baptized in the Moses and in the water and in the sea and everything. He said, but with many of them, they, they, they had manna from heaven. They had the cloud during the day, a pillar of fire by night. Don't say, oh, if I was back in those days, I would never have behaved like those people. You know, there are a lot of Christians that are behaving exactly the same way today. The only two who were exonerated were Joshua and Caleb. And you know the Bible, what the Bible says about them? They had a different spirit. Everybody screams spirit. Attitude. Joshua and Caleb kept the word of God in their heart and in their mouth. That was why when they saw the giants, they saw the same, all the 12 of them saw the same giants. 10 of them saw giants that they could not overcome that were going to destroy them. Two of them saw the giants quite all right and saw the God of Israel that brought them out of Egypt and said they are bread for us. The perspective was the, what was in their heart. I got to close. So, in order for God's will to be done for the nation, God had to remove Saul. First Chronicles chapter 10. Exactly what David said was what happened. David did not know how God was going to do it. Ah, I just got a tweet. David not only did not know how God was going to deal with Saul, he did not try to humanly engineer it. 
He said, he, you know, he, he will, he will, he, today, his day to die will come. Or, you know, the Lord will smite him. Or he will perish. Him. But he didn't know which one. In fact, David was so discouraged that he thought that Saul will never die. Well, not, 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 not soon. So he said, in Ziglag, that's where we get Ziglag from. First Samuel chapter 27. He says, David said, one day Saul is going to catch me and he's going to kill me. So he runs away from Israel to the land of the Philistines. And that's how he went to Ziglag. It was while he was in Ziklag that God caused Saul to fight with the Philistines and Saul and his sons, Jonathan and, and, and his, the other boys were killed. David was so, you know, even though he knew what the word of God said, but it hadn't come to pass. It hadn't come to pass. It hadn't come to pass. And look at it. Every day Saul was fighting. Look, one day this Saul just killed me, you know, and he ran away. You know, he, he, that's how discouraged he was. I want to use this today to speak to all of us prophetic people who are believing God for the manifestation sons of God. Don't be like David. Don't be discouraged. You know, every day we preach all of them. I've been preaching this thing for 30 years. Over 30 years. You know, tomorrow Saul is still alive and well. Hello! And the tenants say, well, will this thing ever happen? You know, well, let me just go to the land of Philistines. Don't go to the land of the Philistines. Amen? God watches over his word to perform it. He will do it. He will bring it forth in due time. As surely, watch me. I'm bringing another prophetic word. I brought one during the Bible study. I'm bringing another one now. As surely as the sun will rise tomorrow and there will be night today, the soul system will be removed from the church and a David leadership will arise that will bring about the manifestation of the sons of God and that will cause the church to grow into the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We'll make disciples of all nations and bring Jesus back. Take it to the bank. Hallelujah. It's a certainty. Even though it looks like it's been delayed for 20 years, 30 years, we've been saying the same thing. And a lot of people are saying, you know what they're saying? They say, where is the promise of his coming? Where is the promise of his coming? Kenneth Hagin is dead. Pa Elton is dead. Kelivana is dead. Oh, my business sons are gone. My business are gone. Where is the promise of his coming? All things are the same from the time of the fathers. He said, this they ignorantly, this they are willingly ignorant of. That the long-suffering of the Lord is salvation. It's coming. It's coming. First Chronicles chapter 10. Am I talking to anybody here? If I'm still talking to you, give me another clap offering. Not for me, but for the Lord. And for you. It's actually to waking you up. Amen. Hello, somebody. Now, after all of this discouragement... When David thought everything was lost. When David thought it can even never. You know, let, let me encourage you. If you're a Nigerian, give me a wave offering. Have you looked at our nation? Have you looked at the government? Have you looked at the politicians? Have you looked at all the election cycles? And the zoo <laughs> of aspirants on both sides? Everybody, you know, 
And you look and say, ha. Can God, is this nation beyond the rivers of Ethiopia with the rivers divide? Hey, when will God even do this thing about Nigeria? Let me assure you. The God we serve is a covenant-keeping God. And I want you to know that there is a David in the land. Hallelujah! And God's purpose for, for firstly for the church... And then secondly for Nigeria will be fulfilled. Not one jot, not one tittle will fail from what God has said. But remember David, he said, this isn't going to ever happen. So he runs the land of the Philistines. While he's there, the Amalekites come and carry all their wives and their children. They thought they had killed them. They had to chase the Amalekites, they caught the Amalekites, you know, were able to rescue the wife and the children. And here is David. He doesn't even know what's going to happen, whether he's, you know, what's, if anything's going to happen and all that. But while that was happening, give the Lord a clap offering somebody. While that was happening, Saul and his sons were fighting with the Philistines. And God, the God that watches over his word to perform it allowed Saul and his sons to be killed. Verse 13. What am I going to read? Oh God, have mercy on me. Hallelujah. Whew. Jesus, help me. Let, let me start from verse 6. It's so much, you know, but I'll just pick a few verses here and there and conclude. So Saul died. It was the Philistines that killed them, you know. And his three sons and all his house died together. May that never be your portion. Please, don't stay with Saul. This is, this is the destiny of Saul and his sons. And it's going to come to pass in our day. Listen to the scripture. It is prophetic. And so Saul died. And his three sons, that three is not necessarily numeric. It's just generic. And all his house. You know why? God is going to have a perfect church. So he has to remove this leadership. And when all the men of Israel, I didn't hear you. Verse 7. That were in the valley, saw that they fled. Saw that they fled. And as Saul and his sons were dead, then they forsook their cities and fled. And the Philistines, God forbid, bad thing, came and dwelt in them. And it came to pass on the morrow that when the Philistines came to strip the slain, they found Saul and his sons fallen in Mount, Mount Gilbal. And when they had stripped him, oh, they took his head and his armor. And sent into the land of the Philistines round about to carry tidings unto their idols and to their people. And they put his armor in the house of their gods and fastened his head in the temple of God Dagon. Disobedience is a terrible thing. No. Don't follow that path. Look at where Saul, look at where he landed. An anointed of God. There arose, there arose 
All the valiant men, some guy just went in and, and took his body and reburied it. And buried their phones under an oak in, in, in Chabesh. And, and. So, verse 13 and 14. So, I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you. Saul died for his transgression, which he committed against the Lord. <laughs> and against the word of the Lord, which he kept not. Turn to your neighbor and say, he did not keep Deuteronomy chapter 17, verses 18, 19, and 20. That's the problem. You have to go to the root. And against the word of the Lord, which he kept not, and also asking counsel of one that had a familiar spirit to inquire of it. God is, the Bible said knows why God killed Saul. He died, he, he committed, you know, he didn't kill the Amalekites as he should have. He didn't keep God's word. He consulted with a familiar spirit. He, be, he went into active witchcraft. Isn't it amazing when we see these things today? In the church. And inquired, I didn't hear you, verse 14. And inquired not of the Lord. Therefore, slew him. Who killed Saul? I'm going to repeat the question. Who killed Saul? I said right there. You know the first time I heard this? S.G. Elton. I can never forget it. It was an afternoon. I came from my house in Bodija, in Ojuring, and I came to IVCU. Pa Elton had come from Malaysia to come and teach and preach to the... And I just came in. I heard that Pa was going to be around. So I came. But I came a little bit late. Pa had started to preach. So I came in that place of the chapel where you stand before you enter. I was still at that door. I could hear Pa Elton's voice from the something. Pa Elton, he said, who killed Saul? <laughs> he was reading the scripture. Can you imagine Pa Elton has been telling us this? 1980, 82, 83, 84. Nobody's listening. You know why? Saul is still alive. Some people think it's not going to happen. A few souls have died here and there, but the, you know, the real thing hasn't yet come in its full something. You know, I can never, Pa Elton said, who kill Saul. Then he read this scripture. That's the first time I understood this scripture in the, in the prophetic context. He said, therefore slew he him. It wasn't the devil that killed Saul. It wasn't the Philistines that killed Saul. It was not the Amalekites that killed Saul. They were all agents. Yes, the Philistines chased after them. Yes, the Philistines struck them. Yes, Saul was, 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 was almost dead. He was dying. And he told an Amalekite to, 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 to pierce him with a sword. Yes. So the, the Philistine, the Amalekite, you know, and, and, and the sword finally killed him. But the Bible tells us that it was God. Stand to your feet. He inquired not of the Lord. Therefore slew he him and turned the kingdom unto David, the son of Jesse. That's the chronicles of the king. That is the record of heaven. 
It's going to happen today. It's happening as I speak. When I look at the life of Saul, God close. When I look at the life of Saul, and I see what is happening in the church today, the perils are frightening. You see the same thing. The rebellion, not taking God's word seriously, you know, the, 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 omitting the weightier matters of the law. The stubbornness, the initial passive witchcraft that graduates to active witchcraft. So you can see it's all there. So the same thing that happened is going to happen now. Now, where's the lesson for you and I? David. Learn from what David our father did. Don't rejoice when Saul dies. If they bring you news that Saul is dead, don't rejoice. Say, Pastor, why not? Is he not backsliding? Did he not disobey God? I'll tell you the reason why. Because Saul is your brother. Christians. He said, tell it not in the land of the Philistines. Say it not in God. He says, how are the mighty fallen? The chosen of Israel. Saul and Jonathan were beautiful in all their lives. Don't rejoice. Oh. I have people who are my friends. People I love. I will never rejoice at the death of Saul. Never. And then when God blesses you and, 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 and gives you spirit without vision, you have the anointing, you have money and everything, look for the house of soul that you can bless. Don't say, hey, you see now, we have told you. That's a wrong spirit. That's a wrong spirit. Don't let that spirit enter you. The spirit of of vengeance the spirit of I told you so it's in, you know it's in the Bible it says, let them open their mouth and say aha aha yes we've preached it and it's true but we're not happy about it and you know what they're still God's people and I believe I don't know this as a fact I will not hold on to it as doctrine I don't believe Saul went to hell I believe he went to heaven just lost. I know Jonathan went to heaven. That I'm sure of. But Saul, I think he made it. And I'll tell you the reason why I think so. I just got another tweet from heaven now as I'm talking. You know Saul didn't die immediately. The Philistines struck him. He was mortally wounded but he wasn't dead. And he was conscious enough to tell the Amalekite, who was his armor bearer, he said, you thrust me through because I don't want these people to come and abuse me. In that short period of time, God would have given him an opening. Because Samuel said, when the, when, when the witch brought up Samuel, he said, why are you disturbing me? He said, because you and your sons 
are going to be here with me tomorrow. Jonathan? Huh? So. We'll find out when we get to heaven. But I don't believe he went to hell. I don't believe that. He was a good man, you know. He was anointed of God. He was just careless. Put your hand on your heart. A second hand to him. Don't be careless. It's too expensive. Not in this day. Don't, don't play games like Saul. Don't omit the weightier matters of the Lord. Don't be so busy for the work of the Lord, you forget the Lord of the work. I'm going to repeat that. Don't be so busy with the work of the Lord that you forget the Lord of the work. A lot of people are like that. They're so busy ministry, busy doing this, busy doing that, all for God like Saul. He was so busy being king, he forgot the God who made him king. Another mistake. He was so busy doing the things of God that the Samuel that anointed him, he began to despise. Your people have a saying, Orisu. Orisu means your fountain head. Saul forgot his fountain head. Whenever you, you know, when you start moving and, 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 and your prophetic and all and your fathers begin to correct you don't 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 run away from them don't forget where you came from let's talk to god thank you for listening to this podcast we believe these words have empowered you to live a victorious transcendent life in christ our mission is to equip god's people for service and build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We encourage you to enjoy and share from thousands of resources, including books, sermons, prophecies, and articles available on our website, spcconline.org. Thank you, and God bless you.